0: is one some
1: Once again, coming to you from my home. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this word essential. You know, the government has decreed uh, essential goods and services providers can stay open and all the non-essentials had to close and government calls grocery stores and drug stores, hardware stores and liquor stores essential, but yet uh, churches, in-person gatherings are non-essential. So I know we've had to live with this reality for a few weeks now, and it's uncomfortable because we all want to gather again. But with the spread of the coronavirus the way it has been, I actually think the government made the right call here in keeping us from gathering. Uh, We've been very blessed by able to come and share with you digitally every weekend. And our viewership is growing uh, by an amazing rate. So we're actually reaching a lot more people than what we were doing with in-person gatherings. What's essential? What's essential? I give you three things to think about. Food, water, and air. These are essentials. Uh, Pastor Robert Morris did a study, like an eight part series on the Word of God recently. And it really blessed me. And a lot of my thoughts today came from inspiration that I gathered from that study. When I think about essentials, you can go 40 to 80 days without food, the experts say. You can go four to 14 days without water, and you can only go a few minutes without air. So all three of these things are essential. And uh, the Word of God gives a picture real clear that it, the Word of God, is essential like bread, like water, and like air. So I wanna talk about these three things today and I'm hoping to give you a newfound uh, bit of encouragement to study the Word of God every morning, to, to live by the Word of God, to make the Word of God your priority in your life. As much as we eat, drink, and breathe to survive, so must we also eat, drink, and breathe the very Word of God every day. The Bible is God's word. God is the author of the Bible. Yes, he used 45 men to write 66 books over 1,500 years. But this book is not by any private interpretation of man. This book is inspired by God, breathed by God. He moved upon these men by the Holy Spirit. So we have a book that's infallible and inerrant and eternal without contradiction. And it's not just a piece of literature or a history book but it's, it's the eternal life-giving word of God. And uh, so God's the author. People say, well, I've worked all my life trying to interpret the Bible. The truth is the Bible interprets you. Uh, you don't ever really interpret the Bible. When you realize what the Bible is and why God left it for us, you understand the importance, how essential it is to take it in every day. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Psalms 107, 19 through 21 says then they cried to the lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses he sent his word and healed them delivered them from their destructions oh that men would give thanks to the lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men he sent his word and healed them i can't tell you how many times in my life that i've needed a word of god that discouragement or despair despondency depression, it was on my soul. I didn't know where to go or how to get out of that pit. And God would send his word to heal me over and over in my life, daily, weekly, monthly. uh, The word of God comes to me and heals what's wrong with me. The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So God's word has this creative power to it. When God simply thought something, he spake it into existence. God said, let there be, and it was. So God's word today has that same type of creative power. Next time you've got a little problem and you're having a chat with Jesus, remember the creative power of God's word. All he has to do is speak and things become. He spoke things into existence. So I know there's a battle over words. Satan comes in like a flood of words trying to drown us. He's always trying to discourage us and knock us down. But God's word is true and God's word prevails and you win the victory by standing on the promises of God's word. The most important thing I could tell you today uh, is our need for a daily morning devotional. You could call it daily bread or manna in the morning. But the, 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 the tremendous importance that we stop everything before we get busy with our day and spend time with the Lord. The purpose of this personal devotion is to meet with God, to commune with God, to fellowship with God. It's to worship God, to experience God. This personal time of fellowship every morning is a time when God speaks to me personally for my life. It allows me to to meet with God every day to celebrate Him and to celebrate who I am in Christ. As I've learned who I am in Christ, and I meditate on that in my relationship with God every morning, I commune with Him every morning. It gives me this opportunity to, to connect with God. In fact, I go to bed looking forward to getting up early so I can have this quiet time with the Lord every day. It's something I look forward to when I. Go to bed, I just can't wait for the night to pass that I might uh, rise again early in the morning and have my quiet time with the Lord. To have a personal one-on-one meeting with God each morning is actually the highlight of my day. The day doesn't get any better than that. It starts out the best as I open my Bible with prayer and I seek Him every morning. Okay, let's talk about these three essentials, bread, water, and air. We'll start with bread. What does the Bible say about bread? The Bible is our daily bread. We need this daily word from God as much as as we need natural food every day. When we skip a breakfast or skip a lunch, we get the feeling tired and lethargical and hungry. I get what I call a yucky feeling come over me and I have to eat. I'm a diabetic, so therefore my sugar will drop and I'll get nauseated and I, I know I have to eat. So my body's always telling me I have to eat. Well, just as important as it is to continually get those meals every day, it's that important to hear from the Word of God. God's Word is, is likened to bread, a picture in the Bible where we eat the bread. Matthew 6, 11, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, and he said, say this, give us this day our daily bread. So God has daily bread for you every day. Uh, Brother Beatty, a great, great Christian man, used to say no Bible, no breakfast. As he realized that eating the word of God is important or more important to him than getting his morning breakfast. So he, he woke early every morning and studied the word of God every morning before he would eat. When Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, we can read in Matthew 4, 3. Now the tempter came to him and said, "'If you're the son of God, "'command that these stones become bread.' But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus overcame temptation by quoting the word of God. He was quoting Deuteronomy 8, 3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if the son of God himself was tempted of the devil and he defeated temptation by quoting the word of God, how much more shall you and I defeat the devil and his temptations by quoting and standing on the word of God. See, Christians are dying all over the country from spiritual malnutrition. They get one little meal on a Sunday and a lot of them live that way and that's all they get. I can't emphasize or stress to you the importance enough of how each one of us needs to go to the Lord first thing every morning and open our Bibles and pray and ask him to commune with us and speak to us. Job said in 20, Job 23:12, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary foods. Wow, what a great statement. What a great revelation that the words of God are more important than our natural bread. Go to John 6, is a great famous chapter in the Bible about the bread of life, and we read about the true bread. Jesus said in verse 31 and 32, our fathers ate manna in the desert, that is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Of course, he was speaking of himself. In verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. You drop down to verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So Jesus himself was the word of God, the living word of God. Uh, in John I mean 1.14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, became flesh, became a man. Christ became Jesus Christ at the birth in Bethlehem. He was born of a virgin, and uh, the Word of God took on the form of a flesh and became a man. It's beautiful. When you're talking about uh, your Bible, what you're really talking about are the words of Jesus Christ, the thoughts of Jesus Christ, and how he wants to communicate with you every day. Revelations 19:11, looking into the future. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on, upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written and no one knew except himself. He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. So Jesus is the living word of God. And when you read your Bible, you're taking in Jesus. Uh, John six sixty three says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they're life. So we have God's autobiography, not just a biography, but his autobiography. God's the author of this book. And I promise you, if you learn to get into it every morning, it will change your life. There's no greater discipline. I could encourage you to have a spiritual discipline than to make the first priority of your every morning, uh, getting into your Bible. Sure, I have a cup of coffee first, I make sure I'm awake first, but then I come to my office and I open my Bible and I ask the Lord to speak to me and I speak to him. And this is really the secret of a successful overcoming Christian life. Not only is the word uh, pictured as bread, but it's also pictured as water. Uh, water is essential to us. We can't live without water. We have to have water continually. There's a lot of malnourished Christians, but there are also a lot of dehydrated Christians out there. They just don't get the water they need. Psalms 105.40, the people asked and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out and it ran in the dry places like a river. In First Corinthians 10.4, and they all drank of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So Christ actually was the rock, and he followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. And when they needed water, water gushed out from the rock. And that was a natural water, but he's trying to say this was a spiritual rock, and this was a spiritual water. In fact, the book of the Bible is a spiritual book written by spiritual being two spiritual beings. Let me say that again. The Bible is a spiritual book written by a spiritual being, God, two spiritual beings, you and I. We're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. That should be said again as well. We're not humans having a spiritual experience, but rather we're spiritual beings having a human experience on this earth. This is not a history book. It's not a book, even though the histories in it are true and accurate, it's not a book of literature, even though it's the greatest of all books of literature, but it's, it's much, much, much more than that. It's God's autobiography. It's the living words of God. Uh, there's a couple promises in the Bible that you'll prosper if you read the word of God. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all according to that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Psalms 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that does bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. So it's just so critical, even for your success or failures in life, that you'll meditate on God's word. Jesus wants to fill us with the word of God. Again, the word is pictured as metaphorically as water. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So when you're trying to talk to someone that's not a Christian about the Bible, they can't understand it. There's a veil over their eyes. They're blind to it. It's just foolishness to them. It makes no sense. But when you talk to other believers about the Bible and you understand We're spiritual beings, and God's a spiritual being, and he left us a spiritual book, then the Bible can uh, take on a whole new meaning. We understand God has to give us the eyes to see it. God has to give us the ears to hear it. But as the Holy Spirit helps us understand the Word of God, then God literally speaks through the pages of the Bible to us every day to encourage our hearts, to heal our hearts, to save us from our distresses. Let's go to the woman at the well. If you want to talk about water, the Bible being water, there's probably no greater picture in the Bible than in John four, in Jesus's conversation with the woman at the well. Now they actually had two conversations going because she was talking about natural water. He was talking about spiritual water and she just didn't get it. As, as they conversed, you can tell she's, she was only thinking about the natural and Jesus was trying to show her the spiritual. John four, verse seven, The woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into a city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus then said to her, Whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. So people have always been in search for the fountain of life and it's found right here in Jesus Christ. The water he gives is eternal water, everlasting water, And he'll put this water in us and fill us with this water and our very souls will become a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. So you see the two conversations. She was focused on natural water. She couldn't understand what he was saying. He was saying, hey, I am the river of life. I am the waters of life. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Drink of Jesus, you'll never thirst again. Jesus wants to put a fountain inside of us, the fountain, that will wash you from the inside out. Uh, water does one more thing for us every day. I, I drink a lot of water continually. Our bodies need it; It's essential. But we also wash ourselves every day. We bathe every day with water. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So what's he saying? He's saying, Christian, take a bath every morning spiritually. Get washed, get cleansed by the word of God every morning before you face your day. Our souls are washed by the word. Our spirits are washed by the blood. Our spirits got saved and sanctified, regenerated, born again by the blood. But our souls every day are washed by the waters of the word. So take a bath every day for God's sake. Then our final metaphor here is air. Bread's essential, water's essential, but air's even more essential. We can't go but a few minutes without breathing. So when you think of the word of God and you think of air or breath, then it maybe takes on a a different meaning for you. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, the famous scripture on God's word It says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's New King James Version. These words, is given by inspiration of God, is all just one Greek word, and it means God breathed. So you could could translate it this way. All scripture is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. So all scripture is God breathed. To inspire means to breathe in. To expire means to breathe out. So inspire, you could also breathe an idea into someone, you get this word inspiration. To expire, to breathe out, to exhale, means when your last breath goes out, you expire. So the inspiration, is is breathing in breathing in it's the whole word of god was inspired god breathed that's why man didn't write the bible god breathed into man he inspired man he gave man the thoughts to write it you see the bible is uh, has no errors in it it's impossible for 45 men over 1500 years to write 66 books without errors and contradictions But because it's God-breathed, there are no errors. It's inerrant. It's inspired. It's immutable. It's infallible. It's eternal. It's a perfect book with no contradictions. In fact, you you pick up a Gideon Bible, a Bible placed by the Gideons, and most of them have in their cover these words. I think it's one of the neatest things ever written about the Bible, and I'll, I'll read it to you. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored, heaven open, and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good, the design, and the glory of God, its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It's a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, it will be open at the judgment, and will be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents." Wow, the Bible, what a book. It's more than just a book. It's God's living word. In fact, we were born again by the word of God. If it weren't for the word of God, we wouldn't even be saved today. Uh, 1 Peter 1.21, "'Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, "'but incorruptible, through the word of God, "'which lives and abides forever.'" because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass and the grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So everything we see in the world is temporal and will be gone one day, but God's word lasts forever. In fact, when we pass from this life, we won't take any of our possessions with us, our clothes, our our things in our house, even the book himself, uh, will leave everything behind. The only thing that's going to make an eternal difference in our souls is how much of the word of God has we've taken in in our life and allowed it to transform us from glory to glory. What kind of glory will you shine with in eternity? A lot of it determines on how you allow God to transform you. And the way he does that is through a personal intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And the way you personally know him is to spend personal time with him. We call it a morning devotion because it's a time devoted to a person. You have an appointment to meet Jesus every morning at a certain time. You devote that time to him, and you develop this personal walk with God. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living. And King James is quick and powerful. Uh, New King James says it's living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Psalms 119.105, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalms 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. So the word of God is way more valuable than all the gold or silver that you could acquire in life. And it's going to be sweeter than anything else you ever put your mouth to the sweetness of God's word, kissing you every morning with truth. Okay, let's look at our metaphor air or breath. How's breath the word of God? The best example I can think of here is to go to Ezekiel 37 and the story of the valley of the dry bones. Let me read verses one through 10 to you. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breathe, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Wow, what a beautiful picture, how God's word can speak. When you're dead, when you're just feeling dead all over, you don't have any spiritual life, If you'll get into God's word and let God's word prophesy to you, let it speak truth to you, it can put breath back into you. And you may feel dead, but you can come come right to life. Uh, Literally, we need to breathe in and breathe out the word of God. As we breathe in every week, every morning, morning by morning, every day of the week, we breathe in, then we have breath to breathe out to other people as we go through life to encourage other people, as we eat the word of God, and it gives us strength to sustain us, that we might have the strength to help other people. As we drink of the word of God, it hydrates us spiritually, that we might have a fountain inside of us to share with other people. It's just important. You can't find, there's nothing I can tell you more important in your life than to commit to a morning devotional time with God. The first thing you do as uh, soon as you get awake, and uh, then spend a little time with the Lord, whatever whatever you need, you may start off with 10 minutes and let that grow. You know, it'd be great if you could work up to an hour a day, you know, how much, this is a private time, a time devoted to Jesus, a personal devotion, a time to commune with God and fellowship with God. I read a book recently on, on personal devotion, and he had quotes from all these great men of God, A.W. Tozer and Charles Spurgeon and Wesley, even Charles Stanley, modern preachers, and every one of them had a quote about how that was the most important part of their day. And the reason they were so successful in ministry and helping so many people is because they devoted this time of their day. This was the key. It's the key, the mysterious key to everything. If you want a personal relationship with God, then you need to devote some personal time to Him, just you and Him, one on one, having communion and fellowship and let Him instruct you and breathe into you every morning the word of God. Uh, One breath a week's not enough. You need need it every morning. Take a bath daily. One bath a week's not enough. We need to bathe every day. Eat and drink uh, bread and water each morning and allow the breath of God to breathe into you every day. Study your Bible to hear from God. To develop a close, personal, intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and I know there are a lot of people that have studied, spent their life studying their Bible, and they're nasty people. They're dangerous people. They're evil people. A lot of people use the Word of God to try to control others, or to build their own kingdom, or to have a have a ministry where they can manipulate others. Uh, you know, so just because you got a head full of knowledge doesn't doesn't make you anything. Uh, knowledge just puffs up, but if but you got to look past those people. They've got wrong motives. They, they're they're blind themselves. If you study the word of God because you want him to change you, because you want him to transform you, because you want to become more like Jesus, then he'll do this for you. He will grant this to you. I mean, this is the whole key to everything is spending this personal time in God's word. Remember that God is continually articulate. Remember in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the Word was God. So God's the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, is called the Word of God. There in John 1 and in Revelations 19, uh, he's the Word of God. His name is Jesus, but he's the living Word of God. And God's continually articulate. His voice is always speaking. So just open your ears to hear him. You say, well, I can't hear from God. Well, it's not because God's not speaking. It's because your ears are stopped up. So get your ears clean spiritually and ask him to start speaking to you, and he will, and this will transform your life. I hope you enjoyed that lesson on God's word is like bread, it's like water, and it's like air, and it's essential. It's more essential than what we buy at the grocery store or get at the drugstore. It's more, this is the essentials, is the word of God. Thank you, I hope you enjoyed this time in the word with me this morning. Uh, before I close, I do want to thank everyone for the generous support. Y'all been mailing checks into the church and and giving online. So all your tithes and offerings, uh, we're going to make it. Uh, you know, God's supernaturally sustaining us through this crisis. And even though we hadn't had church service in five or six weeks now, in-person gatherings, uh, we're going to make it because of your generous support. So I just want to encourage you to continue to Send your tithes and offerings either by mail or pay online. And we can keep paying our bills and it won't be much longer. I'm sure the government's gonna allow us to reopen and we'll be able to see your smiling faces once again. And Liz and I are just looking forward to that so much. We miss y'all so much. And we're just excited about you know when we do get open and excited about seeing each of you again. Next Sunday, brother Chad Hayes will be teaching the word of God right here. We're so happy and excited that Chad and Rachel are now working for us at return. They're working from their home in Minnesota. And as soon as the pandemic crisis has subdued or subsided, then they'll be moving down here to Southern Indiana and working with us in person. But until then, he's uh, going to be teaching this coming Sunday. And we're starting something new. This Wednesday night at 6, Chad is going to do a live stream service I think it's an interactive live stream service on Facebook. So please join him if you can this Wednesday at 6 PM. Let me just say a little word of prayer before we leave. Lord Jesus, we love you so much and I thank you for leaving us a Bible on this earth, a lamp into my feet, and a light into my path. Lord, I just thank you that your word is living and alive. And it's not just some dead letter. It's not just some history book, but it's your living bread bread from heaven. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that you'll use these words today to encourage everyone that's heard them to, to make a, a daily devotional a priority in their life. That we'll have manna in the morning and every morning that you you will speak to us and you, we can develop a relationship and draw closer to you as we study and meditate on your beautiful word. Bless all the people who return to church. Lord, bless the people that are sick of the coronavirus. Lord, we just want to pray this away. We're we're, we're ready for the coronavirus to end. So I just pray you'd heal the sick, Lord God, and, and, and squash the virus and allow your people to meet in person again one day soon. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.
0: The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say, Word of God,
2: speak, would you pour down my You're in this place Please let me stay
0: To be with you, and in the quiet I hear your voice, word of God speak, would you pour
2: down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that You pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see Your majesty. To be still and know that You're in. It's okay.